With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Nation podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs and Rob Howe with you once again. Rob, what's up, man? Online schooling is up, Andrew. <laughs> Today is the first day of online school. Okay. It was up at 8 o'clock doing, doing her online, and it's, uh, yeah, it's um, interesting to say the least. So is, is that... Uh, is that going to be like a full day thing for 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 the kids, or you know how how I guess how uh, strict are you going to be with them? You know, kind of staying on task at school, at home all day. Yeah, it's interesting, and I and it makes sense. The elementary school, the fourth grader, she's uh, they have a much more um, full day with breaks involved um, of learning. Whereas it's more staggered. I have an eighth grader and also a sophomore in high school. And there's like today, for instance, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, they really don't get into Zoom meetings until one o'clock in the afternoon. And then they go for a couple hours. But more of their learning is done on their own, Um, you know, given assignments and having to complete those assignments and less time on Zoom, whereas the elementary school learning is more uh very very full day of zooming so interesting uh, thankfully my wife has a really good handle on this and is a lot smarter than me or i would be in trouble if it was me in charge of this and i think everybody in the house is glad i'm not we've got the uh, the hybrid thing going on over here in urbandale and we're a couple of weeks into it my son is just in kindergarten and so uh it's it's interesting because his teacher on the days he's not in school has a class of students students and so she can't be on zoom and and kind of doing that one-on-one instruction and again you know with kindergarten it's not nearly as demanding you know they, they've just kind of laid out uh you know this is how much time you should be spending on these different things and they mm-hmm. give us some assignments and uh you know they send the computer home and, and you do some of that stuff but it, it has been interesting these first couple of weeks um he's very excited to go to school when he's able to less excited to do the schoolwork at home when he has to uh but you know we're we're making it work as as we all will certainly uh through all these crazy What's the times. breakdown how many days is he in school and how many days is he home so uh the way urbandale did it is essentially he'll be in school five out of every 10 days so he he Not is true. on a, a tuesday thursday and every other monday and then the like the other group goes wednesday friday and every other monday so uh, it just so happened the school the school year started two weeks ago today so they didn't have class on monday tuesday was their first day uh he didn't have a monday Monday class that second week he would have had Monday this week but it's Labor Day so he won't have Monday so he'll go more than a month of being in school before he gets that third day in a week uh, but oh. he yeah he so and and you know it is what it is uh, it's, it's crazy it's got man his, I give these got his kids pros credit and his cons man, yeah being able to you know, adjust to this. It, it really I don't know is. If I would have been capable at their age. <laughs> no, and certainly not in high school. I can't imagine my. I mean, I, I had enough trouble focusing on school when I was in school every day. In, in high school, I can't imagine uh, trying to do that. Uh, although your your kid seems to have a pretty good head on his shoulders. Yeah, very, exactly. He's very. Uh, aware of you know needing to do well in school so i i still have to stay on him a little bit and get make sure he's not playing ps4 down there while <laughs> um 
you know, he's trying while well, he's on the Zoom with his teachers. But other than that, I think we should be okay. So yeah, and obviously, you know, sports related, we've got uh, the Des Moines and Iowa City and Ames schools now not being able to play sports. Yeah. Um, now that they've gone online, so that's obviously something that uh, is uh, impacting our community and obviously causing a lot of conversation creating a lot of conversation so we'll have to see where that goes yeah it's one of the big things we're talking about on the radio over here uh, last week and this week and, and we'll certainly continue uh but hey Rob, we we got big things to talk about here man it's cyhawk week uh you know this is uh <laughs> let, let's get, get it going oh uh, man this is uh this one's gonna hurt rob i really think so you know i haven't watched much college football these first couple of weekends uh mostly because i I don't spend a lot of time watching lower tier. Uh, you know, I spend so much time watching Iowa and Iowa State and other Big Ten schools and, you know, the, the kind of big games of the week. I'll catch, you know, the, the big SEC games and things like that. But I'm not the type of guy who, you know, stays up late on a you know Thursday night watching Maction or something like that. And so, uh, I just, you know, no games so far have really intrigued me enough to, to sit down and watch an entire thing. But that's certainly going to change this week when, when Power 5 schools begin to play. And I think it's really going to start to feel real. Uh, if it hasn't yet for many people, and it certainly hasn't yet for me, it's going to start to feel real that that I was not playing football this fall, or at least not anytime soon, uh, at least not alongside you know some of the other schools we're used to seeing. And so, uh, I, I I'm kind of bracing myself for for a rough Saturday of I don't know what my emotions are, are going to be. You know, it's kind of like a a milestone birthday where you can prepare for it all you want, but you wake <laughs> up that day and all of a sudden you're 40, and uh, you know the existential crisis kind of comes on whether. You you want it to or not I'm bracing myself for what it's going to feel like on on Saturday waking up where uh, I think it's going to be football weather and uh and not having a team to to root for it's going to hit you hard when you see Iowa State playing I think that's yeah. for the Iowa fans that's going to be the hardest part of this watching uh you know a uh the rival two hours to the west playing a football game and really, there's no, and we can talk about this further, just in terms of what we're hearing about the possibility of the Big Ten starting again. But uh, there's not going to be any football for the foreseeable future, just because, um, and we'll talk about this more too, just because of training and conditioning and trying to get back on the field, even if you started this week. Um, but uh, yeah, and I watched a little bit of the Navy um BYU game on Monday night last night would have been September 7th we're recording this on September 8th um it, you know it was Monday night and I was kind of flipping between uh the NBA playoffs and that college football game but I started on college football and I was like ah, oh, I'll give this a shot just to see with no fans in the stands and just kind of how it looked and also Zach Wilson the quarterback for BYU could have been a, was very close to becoming the you know uh Iowa's quarterback in that 2018 class um and I tweeted about this last night he was set to officially visit Iowa, it was probably middle December of 2017, um, and Spencer Petrus had visited the week before, and Iowa was like late in the class trying to get a quarterback, and they had offered three, and these guys were the last two, uh, and Wilson was set to come out on a Friday for his official visit, and that Thursday night, late at night, Spencer Petrus verbally committed and took the spot and uh the rest is as they say is history and wilson ended up going to byu and he's a three-year starter and i just i hadn't seen much of him so i wanted to get a look at him he looked pretty good against the navy team that i think this was interesting andrew i don't know if you caught this navy hadn't practiced really any contact and it looked like it it looked like a team that was unprepared and i i've never seen that from from a navy team of you know recent vintage and it was just really one-sided and i was out of there probably by mid-second quarter when it was uh, for a 31 to nothing or something like that so yeah. yeah it was not an entertaining game by any means uh and then so t you know staying with iowa before we kind of move into the the larger big 10 discussion and uh just this swirling uh, amount of reports and information and misinformation uh, out there um the the last we had heard and, and maybe we'll get an update here as you and i are recording that that tends to happen every once in a while 
Yeah, the last my email every yeah. couple every couple minutes. Here. Last we has heard is Iowa would would have been able to resume workouts today. Uh, they they kind of shut everything down in the athletic department. Uh, what just over a week ago after um, a bunch of positive COVID tests uh, were returned. Uh, I remember Chad 90, Lysikov the ninety three ninety three. That's right. Yes, and Chad Lysikov the register had uh, saying eleven of those were within the football program. Um, but then later in the week said you know September eighth uh, hopefully workouts would would resume and and as of now we we don't know for sure if that's happening is that right yeah we haven't gotten an update on that i think that's something we we should see today i hope to see today they should be able to make a decision because classes are back in session today so uh they should have an update on that i would think at some point i don't know as if if they tested again last week with the athletes not being not working out if it because every week you know on monday or tuesday we get results of whatever the testing was for that you know period of time um but i'll be interested to see i don't i have i have not heard if they were testing last week even though the you know with the athletes not in the facilities so i guess we'll just kind of have to see on that and then if they'll be able to start things again because um or start workouts again i think it's eight hours a week now for football Mm. i believe at least at this point you know, and that's something you and I talked about uh, a week ago when we did the podcast is because uh, at that time, this October 10th, 10th date uh, had been floated around and, and kind of felt like it had a little bit of uh, of validity to it. Um, I think that's kind of been been lost uh, as we sit here today, or it certainly should be because, um, it, you know, we focus on Iowa. It'd be very hard, if not impossible, for Iowa to be ready to play a month from now, uh, let alone, I mean, I, I think you you had you know, kind of conservatively saying six weeks from when they can actually get back into, into workouts. Uh, they haven't had a padded workout since December. So you think uh, they, they need to condition. They need to start having padded practices. They need to kind of get themselves into game shape. And then uh, with what's being bandied about, you're not talking about opening with a UNI or a uh, another FCS school or, or even a non-conference opponent, you're, you're talking about jumping right into Big Ten play. Uh, and, and so you don't want to – there are other safety factors at play here other than this virus. Uh, you have to have guys who are conditionally ready to play if you're going to throw them out in a football field. And, and so uh, just in Iowa's circumstances, it seems impossible that, that even a mid-October date uh, is realistic. And, and I'm just trying to decipher on a daily basis all of these reports. And I, I, I would put reports. In, in air quotes there. Stop uh, <laughs> following Sir Yacht. Yes. Just, if you're listening to this, stop. Just, yeah, don't. It's, it's crazy that he's actually gotten traction from all of this. It, it, I mean. It really is. Try to listen to, you know, reputable people, not some anonymous person on social media. As much as you want that information to be true, to see Big Ten football, think. Yes. <laughs> exactly, and you know, it, and it doesn't help that uh, you know Dan Patrick has sources, and uh, you know, and I like Dan Patrick a, new, a lot. But did he, have, did he have a new report today, Andrew? Yeah, you know, he essentially said that that the they're, they're still trying. I mean, it was it, it was there was nothing new. I think the thing that he said was uh, the last he heard was, was that Maryland, Rutgers, uh, Illinois, Northwestern, Michigan, Michigan State would all vote no, and so that would be that that would not allow the Big Ten, if they were to vote today on, on picking up fall football, uh, they would not hit that 60% threshold, that, that 9 out of 14 schools that they would need to vote yes. So that was essentially his report today was, there are six schools who are who are a hard no right now, uh, and, and so effectively, it's not going to happen anytime soon. So nothing new. <laughs> exactly. <Right>. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and that's, we, we, we're and sitting here today. We're and, all... We're all champing at the bit to try to come up with content and reports. <laughs> yes. And, and, you know, we're hurting, too, not having Big Ten football. And I think it makes it easier for people to just latch on and overreact to whatever is out there. And that Sir Yacht guy is, I mean, he's a perfect, perfect example of it. And, uh, and I think we've talked about this before, Andrew, just kind of wait and see what happens with the Big Ten because there are I mean Gary Barta talked last week a little bit about what I mean I think he called October football would take a miracle yeah but people don't want to hear that they would rather listen to some guy on a you know who, who's tag or 
a username on, on a social media platform is a large boat. <laughs> so, you know, and, and other there are other athletic directors and chancellors and presidents also talking and kind of giving information that it sounds like Thanksgiving would be a possibility. But I mean, it just seems like October is a pipe dream at this point. Like you said, and Iowa's not the only one, Andrew, that's not that's going to need time to prepare for a season. You know, and, and I really think, and, and we've talked about this also, uh, the lack of communication and, and the lack of clear yeah. communication for the Big Ten is, is not helping them at all. It, it is allowing guys like this. It's allowing uh, erroneous reports to, to kind of take hold and, and get people's hopes up. I mean, I know I certainly feel like I've had my emotions thrown about. And, and it's easy for me to say, you know, I'm kind of to the point where unless I get a, a real report that the president – I don't care about coaches or parents or players or exactly. athletic directors. I know they all want to play or, or many of them want to play. The fans all want to play. Until I hear that nine of these 14 14- – chancellors and presidents are seriously considering this uh it's just not something I'm, I'm going to put any validity into and i'm not going to get my hopes up but i don't know when i'm going to hear that or what i'm going to hear and the fact that kevin warren isn't speaking and i'm, I'm getting really nothing from the conference and when i do get something from the conference it's wishy-washy it's not definitive um that that just it it leaves this vacuum it leaves this hole where all of these reports are coming in and then it creates this you know kind of twitter cycle and it just it just gets fans more mad at the big 10 and it seems like the big 10 is more divided and and in a worse position and then meanwhile these other leagues are it's game week you know it's like on, on our radio shows this week we're talking about a football game that's happening on saturday and it's not the hawkeyes and so uh this isn't going to get better before it gets worse i don't think unless the big 10 is able to come out and, and give us some clarity uh you don't even have to say this is the date that we're looking at, but is there any validity to any of this? Are there votes being taken place? Are you talking to medical experts? Uh, Larry Scott came out last week with the Pac-12 and talked about this new test that, you know, it's a 15-minute test, and, and he was out all weekend kind of pushing this narrative and uh, and and not saying that they're going to play or, or when they're going to play or anything, but saying, hey, things have changed a little bit and, and we're looking at this. We're getting none of that from the Big Ten, and it's it just leaves this vacuum for all this other crap that seems to be you know just being pushed out there right now yeah and you've got you know we've talked about it before the the players at nebraska and the parent groups and these lawyers that are involved now and we talked about this last week about the you know the president of the united states and he had another tweet yesterday or the day before i can't even keep track of the days anymore and then you've got uh representatives uh in in what five or six different states uh released something today that they're trying to put pressure on the big 10 to play um and all of these entities that don't have a say as you said the coaches the ad's the players these lawyers um you know political figures this all just comes back down to the presidents and the chancellors and they're i I said this before andrew they're just maybe they're not doing this but i don't understand why kevin warren wouldn't come out and try to bring some clarity and transparency to this if the presidents and chancellors were okay with this that's where my frustration uh, is focused. It's on the presidents and chancellors because they've done nothing to try to stem the tide of negative publicity and just what looks like disarray within their conference in terms of the message and the infighting that's going on. Uh, you know, you just figure at some point somebody is going to get a control get control of this message a lot of smart well-paid people will do that and we're still waiting for that to happen and even that release that came out last week i think while we were recording the pod in response to president trump's big 10 being at the one yard line was very vague 
and left open for interpretation and that's all we've seen over the last month plus and I'm still wondering when the Big Ten is going to figure this out. It's just, this is, it's a mess. It, it really is, and it's mind-blowing that they haven't yet. As you said, all these very smart, very well-paid people that to not get control of this message at this point uh, is, is kind of remarkable. And it would be uh, as simple as, as just... You know, making some definitive things. The the problem I think is, Rob, is uh, there's this idea that if the Big Ten is able to announce, a, let's say, a Thanksgiving start to a to a football season, um, there's going to be a a large portion of your fan base that's that this angers even more. And if you right. can't give a real reason why November 25th is okay, but October 10th wasn't, or September 26th wasn't, or whatever the case may be, if you can't say why it's okay now, but it wasn't okay two months ago, you're just going to piss people off more. It's just going to make people, especially if you're playing quote-unquote meaningless games while Clemson and Alabama are playing in the college football playoff, you know, and, and I was playing Purdue for a chance to, you know, go to a, a Big Ten championship, uh, which then doesn't actually go anywhere. It's, it's, it's just going to get worse and worse the longer they let this message kind of uh, spiral out of, out of its control. It's, it's mind-blowing to me that they haven't been able to, to get a hold of this yet. Yeah, and just as simple as you were talking about, I mean, you know, with Larry Scott coming out and talking about an advancement, I mean, this is a novel coronavirus. We're all kind of day to day and trying to, you know, we're hearing about when there might be a vaccine and learning more about this virus every day, you know, and there are advancements in treatment and testing and things like that. And, you know, the Pac-12 comes out and addresses that, hey, Look, there's an advancement that that could be that help, could help put us on a path to playing before that January 1st date that the Pac-12 originally set as, you know, when they might get back on the in the field or the court or whatever. Now they say that might be earlier because of this testing. The Big 10 crickets. Nothing. It's just I it's it's a it's mind-blowing, Andrew. It really is. I just I never thought I would see this from the Big Ten, and and granted, it's we've talked about it. It is a you know, it, it's it's something we've never dealt with before in terms of this you know this pandemic, and you have to give people slack. But this just is a mess, and to not figure something out after a month plus of trying to. Uh, just getting beat up just mm-hmm. from, you know, from a PR standpoint, just beat up and battered to not be able to get up and figure it out is just it's disappointing. It really is. And I wonder how the league and, and how Kevin Warren are going to how they're going to recover from this. This is really going to be especially, as you said, if if the other conferences are able to in some way, shape or form put together a season and you're still not even able to get control of the message and say, listen, you know, we maybe we could have played the season, but at the time we made that decision, it just didn't look feasible to us. But here's the new plan. We're going to start January 1st. Larry Scott has talked about aligning with the Big Ten so there can be a Rose Bowl. So you have conference champions playing in the Rose Bowl. Give some give people something to look forward to and they're just not and it's just as i said it's really disappointing and frustrating i think people can respect a difficult decision even one that they don't necessarily agree with if you're able to kind of give the reasons why you made that decision and then stick to that decision and and kind of you know bring on all comers go on to, to shows and do interviews and and take these hard questions and explain yourself and and again whether or not we we don't know if the big 10 is making the right call ultimately or not we will see we will find out here as the other leagues go into their season and how this works and if it works and uh, does it all blow up and and will the Big Ten ultimately be better off looking at a, an early 2021 season or something like that it, it may all very well break that way and uh, and and the decision itself was not a bad decision but the PR of it has has been handled so terribly it's kind of hard to see that that light at the end of the tunnel you talk about the, the yeah, Big 12 yeah go ahead 
people are stressed out enough, Andrew, with, you know, just <laughs> right. everyday life. And they look, you know, the sports is something they look forward to as a little bit of a getaway. And I know that's an- another whole road about the, <laughs> you know, stick to sports stuff. But, um, you know, not to have, you know, any type of guidance or um, transparency or information while we're getting that from other leagues. It just doesn't make any sense. And. It's almost like they're they're, and, and maybe it's a legal thing. Maybe it's just listen. The less we say, the less we're going to have to take back. The less there's going to be a chance that somebody can sue us or whatever. That's possible in this day and age, without question. But um, just it, it's it, and it's it, the people I feel the worst for are the players because the, you know, as bad as it is for us as as uh, media members or fans going through this I can't imagine what it's like for players to get on social media or hearing from family members or whatever every day and not know what's going on that's that's the biggest for me that's the biggest um fumble here by the big 10 is this they they it you know the conference talks so much about its student athletes it's doing them a severe a heavy disservice right now so i think i've seen i've, I've seen plans where the big 10 comes back in october november uh, december january february <laughs> so so it could be any time but it, it it seems like a priority needs to be the next season, uh, no matter what this season ultimately is or whether yes. it is, uh, it, it, it's not going to mean a whole lot. The 2021 fall season is something that we can look forward to. And we don't know uh, where we'll be as a country with this virus. We don't know what the situation will be. Maybe we'll still be dealing with a lot of these things and a lot of these hurdles that we need to clear. But hopefully... In a year, they'll be able to kind of figure some of the, some of these things out. We will see what does and doesn't work uh, as teams embark on this season and be able to utilize that information. Uh, hopefully, have better testing capabilities. Uh, you know, God willing, a a vaccine or, or something close to that uh, as we look at next fall. Should the priority or, or how big a priority does a full twelve game regular twenty twenty one fall season? Uh, I, I mean. I would rather have that and like a chintzy four to six game schedule in February or whatever the case may be than try to work out some sort of eight or ten game schedule where you have a Big Ten championship and then have to do the same thing and push the fall 2021 season back and then shorten that up uh, and really not be in, in step with the rest of the country at that point probably. Um, are you along those same lines? Like, Is the priority next fall at this point? Yeah, and I think you can push the season back a little bit next year, too, depending on when you play uh, the 2020 season. Um, My kind of what I've seen or what I felt would be a doable scenario would be playing for the Big Ten, at least playing the six teams in your division and then having a Big Ten champion. So everybody's playing at least six games. Two teams will play seven games. And then if you can align with the Pac-12, which I think would be a good idea, and I think at least it gives the fans and and, and people that are interested in Big Ten and Pac-12 football, it gives you something at the end. You, there's a Big Ten championship. There's a Rose Bowl. And maybe you have some other um, – some other games set up as well, like just, you know, Pac-12, Big Big Ten Challenge type thing after not, you know, the teams that don't make it to the Rose Bowl, maybe have some matchups there, uh, at, you know, whether it be on campus or, uh, you know, neutral locations um, to have some games there and give people something to, to chew on. So you're talking seven, eight games. Uh, and then I think if you did – uh, you, you know, if you played 12 games in 21, you're looking at anywhere from, you know, 18, 19, 20 games in a calendar year. And like I said, I think if you push that 21 season maybe back into the middle of September, late September, and you could still fit that in uh, and finish up maybe a little bit later in December and then have the championship game and bowl games. I think that's doable. And I think uh, the coaches and players would think that that's doable as well. Um, obviously, there are the. Uh, you know, the, the unknowns, who's going to opt out. Uh, we're seeing that more and more now with guys opting out, um, you know, for, for that 2020 season and getting ready for the NFL draft. Uh, 
Anna Kaiser, who writes for writes for us, had a story last week, kind of looking at some of the guys at Iowa. You know, should a season start in in January or February? Does Alaric Jackson play six to eight games and then have to prepare for the NFL and then go to NFL voluntary camp in like April and early May? And is that could that would be a lot on a guy? I think Andrew, if you're starting to stack that up, because now you're looking at maybe six, seven, eight games in the late winter or or winter into spring of college and then 16 and if the NFL brings back preseason, another 20 games next year for an NFL, that's a lot. Yeah, and the NFL is not going to care which league you played. No. Like, ah, you know, take take a few, take these first few games off. I mean, I know you had a Big Ten schedule uh, earlier this year. Yeah, that that's that will not play into account. Uh, that that is interesting. I did like that article uh, from Anna Kaiser on HawkeyeNation.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And another article I, I really liked was uh, was yours on uh, on five things to do instead of watching Hawkeye football this fall. We'll get to that in just a few <laughs> minutes because that was fun. I want to have a little fun with that. But uh, before we do that, Rob, I know something else you're working on here as uh, the NFL begins Thursday night. Uh, the Chiefs uh, defend their Super Bowl on, on Thursday night, and then the season begins on Sunday. Uh, it, it is here. The NFL is here, and over the weekend – uh, a lot of cuts had to be made to get their rosters down to the, their their regular season size. Uh, we saw a lot of Iowa players uh, get cut initially, signed on to practice squads. Uh, it was certainly a weird offseason for the NFL without preseason games. You wonder if uh, if some of the guys could have made a bigger mark if, if you had the, those opportunities. But uh, regardless, a lot of Hawkeyes still in the NFL, a lot of Hawkeyes uh, on practice squads. And I know you're working on a piece uh, posting uh, today or tomorrow on Hawkeye Nation uh, about some of those guys. Yeah, we got 28 guys uh, that earned 53-man roster spots in the NFL this weekend, and then three more on practice squads. Uh, that's a healthy number, yeah. 31 guys that are you know in the league. Um, and there could be more. Uh, you know, you look at a guy like Ross Reynolds and some other guys that have been in the league a few years uh, that can maybe push their way back onto a practice squad. So definitely worth keeping an eye on there. And as you mentioned, uh, Kansas City Chiefs kick things off against um, – uh, the Texans on Thursday and uh, Anthony Hitchens and Ben Neiman, uh, Super Bowl champions, yeah. with, got their. I think they got their rings last week. They did. Uh, big, nice rings. Uh, <laughs> Hitchens led them in tackles last year and has really been a good addition since coming over from Dallas. So they will be trying to become the first back-to-back Super Bowl champions since the Patriots in 03 and 04, and it's only happened eight times. So, um chance and I think they've got a realistic chance to do that it's just it is kind of strange man with no preseason and I don't even really like watching preseason football but it kind of gears you up for the season it's almost like this has come out of nowhere but uh (laughs) In lieu of being able to watch Iowa play on Saturdays, at least you can watch the former Hawkeyes play on Sundays. And with 28 guys in the league, there's a good chance you're going to be seeing somebody in whatever game you're watching. It's it's one of the cool you know one of the cool things about the Ferentz era is is watching NFL football on Sundays uh, and like those primetime games. And it just seems like almost every team has a starter or an impact player or you know a guy coming off the bench. You know somebody making a play, making an impact on a team uh, that you remember watching in a Hawkeye uniform and and that has been really fun and obviously a, a great you know selling point for the university and then the football program and, and Kirk Ferentz's uh, leadership and, and all of that kind of stuff it, it'll be fun to watch uh, once again I'll hit you with this piece of trivia of the 28 guys who's been in the league the longest Ooh, man I have no idea he will be starting his 11th season the first 10 came in Green Bay. Balaga? Yep. 
Eleventh year. He'll wow. be with the San, he'll Los Angeles Chargers. I almost said it. I almost said San Diego. <laughs> Los Angeles Chargers this year. Oh wow! Teammates with Desmond King. He's oh, that's the, awesome. He will be in his eleventh season, and then right behind him, uh, starting their tenth season. So a decade now in the NFL. Uh, defensive lineman Adrian Claiborne yeah. and Mike Daniels. Wow. Uh, Claiborne in his first year in Cleveland, Daniels in his first year in Cincinnati. So they're both uh, both in Ohio, which is interesting. And then uh, after them, uh, uh, starting year nine is Riley Reef with Minnesota, second year in Minnesota. So guys with uh, some serious tenure in the league. Yeah, you know, another cool thing is just kind of the, the – the different positions, you know, it's uh, Iowa is uh, known for its offensive linemen, and and certainly those guys are there. Uh, but also tight end, you and you, you've got a bunch of tight ends in the league. You've got uh, all the defensive backs, and and you mentioned Desmond King and, and what he's doing with the the Chargers. Uh, you've got defensive linemen. It's a it's a fun and and you know a couple of quarterbacks who are you know struggling to make teams and things like that. It's it's been fun to see kind of all these Iowa guys, and then you know hopefully in the next couple of years. Here's a couple of receivers that are, are looking to make a, a name for themselves in the league. For sure. And you've got um, you've got four rookies uh, starting their pro careers uh, this year. Uh, obviously, Werfs. And if you haven't seen the video uh, on Twitter or elsewhere in social media of him eating, uh, what he eats in a day. I saw this came up yesterday on, on, uh, on social media. Um it's impressive. Um, <laughs> so he's starting his first year uh, in Tampa. You got AJ Epinesa in Buffalo, Ojemudia in Denver, and then Geno Stone, the man who bet on himself, yeah. made it in Baltimore. Very, very happy for Geno, yeah. and I think uh, he's going to help that team. I'm sure he showed that he can help in 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 a number of ways. And then three. Uh, rookies on practice squads, Andrew. Nate Stanley back with Minnesota, Christian Welch with Baltimore, and Cedric Lattimore in Seattle. Seven guys from Iowa's team from last year uh, either on a 53-man roster or on a practice squad. That's pretty impressive. That's very cool. Very, very cool. Well, again, one thing that is not so cool is that uh, this Saturday will be the first of many Saturdays that uh, we will not be watching the Iowa Hawkeyes suit up and, and play college football. Uh, but you, Rob, have uh, have given us some ideas of, of how we can spend that time, what we can do with all, all of this off time that we'll have. And uh, I'm sure some of us will be watching a, a, our fair share of college football. Uh, but, you know, that that's going to get, especially early on, as you said, that's going to it's going to take an emotional toll. You're going to see some teams out there that you feel like, uh, man, we we should really, really be out there. So you put together a column of, uh, of five things, five ways to pass the time without Hawkeye football this fall. And you, you had some fun with this. Uh, so I just kind of want to go through these five and, uh, and see – See if I can make myself some plans for these uh, these upcoming weekends here. Uh, and, and number five, uh, I don't know, man. You're starting with a rough one here in, in yard work. Thumbs down, man. <laughs> it's a big – as I wrote, it's a big no for me, dog. It's just I'm not a yard work person at all. I see it as uh, there's no other way to uh, to describe it other than it being a chore. Some chores you don't mind – that's a chore I mind, and uh, one that I will try to get by with as little as I can. I, keep, I, do, I, do, I do enjoy spending time in the garden. I don't know if that's considered yard work, but every, beyond that, nah. Every year I tell myself, next year's the year. I'm going to really get into this. I'm going to really you know, care about how my lawn looks and you know, get every last leaf before the, the snow comes and, and all of this kind of stuff. And, and then every year comes around, and I, I do, as you said, I do enough to keep the neighbors off my back. I'm the guy that's like... Oh crap! It's snowing. I forgot to bring the bring the grill in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, then one thing I, I've got these two huge, huge maple trees in my yard. Like you know, hundred year old trees. These things are they're awesome, but they drop their leaves all at once. It's late in November when they do it. It's, it'll be around Thanksgiving. They'll just I'll come home one day. And the yeah. entire neighborhood is just in a blanket of leaves from my trees. I feel bad because my neighbors have already done their, their yards, and now my tree uh, took a crap all over their their clean clean yards. <laughs> and I mean, Rob, this takes 
hours and hours and hours and more yard bags that, that are more expensive lawn bags than I can count uh, just to get it to a point where I'm not embarrassed by it or we can go sleddy or, you know, we can make a snow. A couple years ago, we went out to make a snowman and as soon as we started rolling the snow, all these leaves came with it and the, the snowman looked like it had a like a jacket on. It looked ridiculous. So I was like, okay, I need to do a better job than that. Uh, but uh, it's, it's just so much work and... Every fall, I'm kind of like, eh, it'll be okay. And then every spring when it, the snow melts and I just have a yard full of leaves, I'm, I'm mad at fall me for not having dealt with it. Uh, we'll see how I that goes. I can definitely relate to that. That's, um, that's, uh, we're spirit animals in that regard. I'm, uh, uh, the leaf thing is a battle for me. And I've got – I don't have I, – I mean, for some reason, um, the, the neighbor's trees on either side of me, their leaves somehow end up – in my yard and like in pockets where I have to get them and, uh, you know, rake them out from parts of that, you know, crevices of my house. And it's, uh, and then we've got a big maple tree in the front that likes to dump leaves as well. And then my kids sometimes will rake them up into a giant pile yeah. in the yard. And then they don't move them to the <laughs> curb for the leaf uh, vehicle to suck them up. And then the pile just stays in that portion of the yard. And then the next year, that grass is all messed up. <laughs> yeah, <so>. exactly. <laughs> well, on one hand, I'll have more time to do yard work this, this yeah. fall. On the other hand, I won't have like the... The emotional frustration that I get sometimes after an Iowa game, where I just need to go outside and you know get away from everybody and uh, just do some manual labor just to kind of work off some of that. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, number four, family time, uh, and it's something that that a lot of us have had a lot of over these last six months. But uh, I, I like this. I like this idea. You know, spend a little bit more time with the family. Show Take advantage of it because, as you fall. said, we will get back to normal at some point, and then, um, and you'll realize this as your kids get older. Once you get into activities and friends and sleepovers and dinner at parent, you know, at, at friends' houses and things like that, you you don't get that, you know, that that nightly sit down at the dinner table and talk about your day type of stuff. And, and pretty much we know what our days were like because we're stuck in the house <laughs> looking at each other, but it's still nice to have those conversations and uh, time goes quickly. Um, so I'm, I'm still sucking that up. I'm still enjoying that. And um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see when the, that, you know, we do get back to normal that will, I think, appreciate this time even more. Are you telling me there's a time where, where my five year old won't think I'm the coolest person on the planet? And won't yeah, and it's coming quicker than you. It's coming quicker, <laughs> quicker than you even realize. My my eighth grader and sophomore just they just tear me apart. <laughs> Style they make fun of my clothes and then um, yeah, so it, it goes quick. Everybody tells you that too when your kids are younger. Ah, enjoy it. It's gonna go fast. You know, like, eh, whatever. And it does. It ends up going fast. Uh, number three, pick another team to support. This is a, a tough one for me. This is a controversial one for a lot of people. It's something I've seen talked about a lot over here in Des Moines where we uh, you know, have a, a more even distribution of Hawkeye and Cyclone fans and and without the Cyhawk game this year and, and Iowa State obviously getting ready to play uh, a lot of questions about whether or not Iowa fans will be supporting Iowa State this year. Uh, maybe they'll go the other way and just decide every week that whoever is playing Iowa State is their favorite team that week. I'm going back and forth on this and, and I think it's just going to be kind of a gut game time decision on uh, not with Iowa State in particular, but do I have to have a rooting interest? Do I have to pick a team to really enjoy this sport? I, I don't know. I've never not had a team. I've never not had a rooting interest. You know, I've watched games where I didn't really care about the outcome, and, and I could go either way, uh, but I've always had my team, and I've always had the, the kind of... Uh, you know, even if it's a spider web of things that affect my team, you know, anybody ranked ahead of the Hawkeyes, I want to lose. Anybody, you know, th things like yeah. that. Uh, to not have that at all, and to have no dog in the fight whatsoever, I'm still not sure how I'm going to process this college football season. Uh, I'll pull for Iowa State in general. This is the way I told one of my Iowa State friends. Uh, I, I want Iowa State to do good. I will. I hope they. 
I hope they can win each game, but I don't want them to win every game. You know, I, I want them to be good, but not real good. <laughs> you know, because if all we're talking about is Iowa State with a chance to win the Big 12 all fall, that's going to be even worse. Uh, and so I, I don't know that Iowa State's going to be the team I pick to support, but I do get the feeling that a couple of weeks into this, I'm going to feel this need to have a real rooting interest. And and maybe I'll go dive into the ACC or the SEC and, uh, and try to find a team to, to kind of get behind for one year. Yeah, are you kind of of the belief that, you know, Iowa State doing well is not good for Iowa? You know, honestly, it's a lot more petty than that. It's just... Well, I'm sitting here without anything to cheer for. I don't want all my Iowa State friends or the, the people, my coworkers, the, the people I interact with on Twitter to have this amazing experience. And that sounds so terrible. And I feel bad even thinking that. And I probably shouldn't voice it. Uh, but it, it's, it's the truth. It's how I feel. I want them to have a good season. I don't want them to have a great season. Yeah, and I think about it. I mean, I've talked to Iowa fans about this as well, and, and you know, they talk about, you know, if Iowa State does well, it's going to, you know, it, it's going to hurt us in recruiting, and, you know, it, it raises Iowa's profile or Iowa State's profile, uh, you know, all of that stuff. And I could kind of relate to that. I'll, I'll probably pull for Iowa State because I look at their roster and I get to know quite a few of those kids covering recruiting, um, you know, while they're in high school before they end up going to Iowa State and get to know them and I don't know I, it's it, it's going to be one of those things where the Iowa State fans will get under my skin um, I'm sure of it but I also um, I kind of like Matt Campbell and I kind of like a lot of the guys that are on their team so I will definitely pull for them I don't know as I don't know as I've ever had <clears throat> like a team in one of the three conferences that are playing that I've ever kind of because, you, you know, in sports, you have your favorite team. But then there are other teams that don't maybe you don't even think of as teams that you root for, but teams that don't because most of the time it's the team you root for and then the teams you don't like. Those yeah, are your right. interests, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, OK, I'm an Iowa fan and I want uh, Nebraska to lose every game no matter what yeah. or Wisconsin or, or whatever. And it's hard to have those teams in the other conferences, maybe, you know, just in Alabama cause it's Alabama or Clemson because, you know, they've had a lot of success and maybe you don't want to, you know, you want to see them knocked off the mountaintop a little bit, but it's hard to come up with teams that you really don't like to have an interest in. Is there any? Are there any out there for you? No, Maybe even the Big Twelve. Not, not Missouri? really. Because no, it's the 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 vast majority of my emotional attachment to teams are Big Ten teams. Right. Uh, you know, it's as you said. I would I would root against Wisconsin every week. I don't feel even that passionate about Iowa State, and so no, and and I really don't have. I mean, I guess I'll root against Alabama, uh, <laughs> just because it's Alabama. But like, I don't but I don't who, have any. But who do you root for in the SEC? Right, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. That's, I don't that's have worthy any, of love. No, <laughs> no, not anybody worth rooting for, right? Like you could maybe I mean, say like Vanderbilt or Kentucky, drove but nuts yeah, with those cowbells. No, 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 and that's the thing. You know, you see these teams in the Outback Bowl every other year. Uh, you don't want to root for them. <laughs> um, number two on your list: read a book. Read a book, people, uh, and you give a great list of, of some Hawkeye Hawkeye related books. There's a lot of them, maybe more than people uh, even knew. Um, and, and so I think that's, that's a really good idea. Uh, you know, we, I have found my wife and I have found that if we can set aside one evening a week where we don't turn the TV on when the kids go to bed and just kind of, you know, sink into our couch and sink into our phones and, uh, you know, turn off all, all the stress yeah. and, and things of the world and just kind of zone out for a while. If, if we can sit and, and read a book or, uh, you know, find a way to kind of, uh, improve ourselves in that way, it, it makes us feel a lot better. So I really like this suggestion i'm a um like uh thriller novels though that's kind of my genre that i like and I, I usually am reading one of those uh at any given time um but i think here and what i suggest you know my suggestion here or recommendation if you're looking to tie it into uh you know your love of hawkeye sports there are so many really good books out there for that and uh I would probably start with High Porch Picnic. Um, 
it's a pretty easy read, and, and it really tells you a lot about Hayden Fry. He wrote it with George Wine, former uh, – um, Iowa Sports Information Director, and it's just really it, it gives you a kind of an inside look at at a guy uh, that's a legend. And uh, I read that. Um, I haven't read it. I should probably read that again. But uh, yeah, that would definitely be if you're looking for a place to start uh, with Hawk. You know, a Hawkeye, you know, related book. I would start there. I assume you've read that. Andrew? I have, yes, I have, yeah. and like you, it's been a few years, so I could probably get back into that one. That that'd be a really good one. Uh, I, I love Rick Brown's uh, Chris Street book. Um, yeah. That that's very good. You know, you you talk about you're you're reading uh, David Bluter's novel. Uh, he's of course the husband of Lisa Bluter, um, and, and I saw some PR for this when it was first coming out, and it looked interesting, but then I kind of lost track of it. And uh, I see you're reading that now. That that may be something I, I want to pick up. Yeah, I would definitely recommend that. He sent me a copy of it, and I'll probably write up a little review on Hawkeye Nation once I complete it. I think I've got 80 pages or so left, so we'll get through that relatively soon. And it's really, he does a really nice, for a first novel especially, um, really nice job with character development, and it's got a lot of Iowa references, particularly Iowa City, uh, University of Iowa, Iowa Hawkeye references that really, even if, um, you know, it's not your genre, uh, the those references make it kind of fun and interesting as well. So yeah, I would definitely re- recommend that book. Yeah, that's 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 a lot of fun. I, I like reading. I'm I'm a, I'm kind of a sucker. Like all Iowans are, I guess. I'm kind of a sucker for anything that that mentions <laughs> Iowa. It's like, oh yeah, cool. I, I know that place you, that he's talking about. Do you have a genre you uh, you lean towards? You know, I, I can kind of read anything. Um, I, I do a lot of nonfiction stuff, but uh, when it comes to fiction, I'm really I'm really up for for anything. Uh, I will say, if I if it doesn't grab me in the first fifty pages or so, I'm pretty quick to just kind of put it down and move on. But beyond yeah. that, if it's something that that it can kind of get a hold of me. Um, I'll really read just about anything. Yeah, I was, you know, I sometimes the thriller thing, and you know, mysteries and thrillers are kind of what are what I get into because I can. It's I. It, it's an escape, and I kind of just you know dive into that and immerse myself in it. But I also will. Uh, like history, you know, biographies, things like that, that I, uh, that, that occasionally I'll, I'll dive into as well. I used to be into those a lot more when I was younger, but, uh, but, uh, if, if, if a new book comes out where it's a biography or somebody that I'm interested in, I'll definitely dive in there as well. Then you've got binge watch TV shows. And I think that's something that, uh, that we've all been doing a lot of, and, and we'll certainly have more time to do that, uh, this fall as the weather changes and we don't spend quite as much time outside. Uh, and then you list some of your favorites. So that's cool too. I enjoy that. You got any on there that uh, that you concur with? Uh, you know, I've I've got a few. Uh, the Wire. I just I rewatched that during the pandemic, and I had seen it all the way through one time. I had uh, I you know seen clips here and there since then, but to, to sit down and actually watch that entire series, uh, I and, and for my money, it's it's my favorite uh, television series of all time. Other than maybe, yeah, I've got this soft spot in my heart for The West Wing, which is such a different thing. I almost put those on on different pedestals, but uh, I really enjoyed the. Wire. Uh, I, I like your your thought of you know Seinfeld and uh, Fleabag. You know breaking in some some kind of less heavy things in there as well. That, one of the <laughs> things I have trouble with are these like like Breaking Bad or Ozark. You know things that are, are very good and very well made and I appreciate. But it's hard for me to watch more than like one episode at a time because I you know I watch three of those and I just. I'm just mired in this like uh, feeling, uh, so I, I try. It's emotionally draining. It is. It really is. And so I, I try to mix that in with a thing like like an Office or a Parks and Rec, you know, so I can throw in an episode of that to kind of lighten my mood before I try to am- amble off to bed. Hey, have you done Cobra Kai? You know, I did the first the first season when it was on YouTube. Uh, okay. I watched that and really enjoyed it, but I haven't seen the second season. I've seen it on Netflix now. Uh, I really liked the premise of it. Uh, it it I haven't gone back and watched Karate Kid since watching it, but I feel like when I do, uh, I won't like Danielson nearly as much. Um, <laughs> but I did really enjoy. I was surprised at how much I liked the 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 first season. That's what I'm getting a lot of recommend. Like I put on the bottom of this column, you know, send me recommendations, yeah. and that's the one that's come up the most. I mean, it's probably you know recency bias because season two just dropped, I think. But I'm really getting uh, interested, in, and I'll probably go back and try to watch the first season and then the second season and catch up. And because I was, I mean, who wasn't a huge fan of the original? Right. I mean, that was that. That's that's just. 
It's a classic. Excellent cinema. It is. It is. You know, the one the one show I, I don't see on your list here um, is uh, the HBO show True Detective. Um, the second, I saw the first season. Yeah, I was going to say, the second season was, it, it got panned a little bit, I think, because it, it wasn't as good as the first season. The first season was uh, remarkable with Matthew McConaughey. That was going to be hard to match. It, it is. It's certainly hard to top and probably really hard to match. Exactly. And so the second season with, with Vince Vaughn and, uh, uh, um, oh, what's her name? Rachel McAdams is in it. Uh, it's good. It's not great. And then the third season uh, with Mahershala Ali is, is very, very good. I think that first season for my money is the best eight episodes of TV ever made. I mean, I, I could watch that over and over again. It's dark and it's hard, but it's just the acting is at, at an elite level and the, the writing and everything. Um, so the, the, the second and third season don't aren't can't match that. But if you if you kind of get that out of your head where it's not the same thing, it's not trying to be the same thing, uh, I think you can appreciate the, the, the second and third seasons uh, for their own thing. Two of the shows on this list, Andrew, that I, I think go run under the radar a little bit, but I highly recommend are Succession and Barry. Barry, to yes. me, is, is great. I love Barry. I, I haven't gotten into Succession yet. I, I've been meaning to, and we need to. Um, Succession is just ruthless. If you just <laughs> like ruthless characters that are just easy to dis i mean it's it's like the roller coaster you're like all right i can kind of root for that person or you know that woman that man nah man they're terrible <laughs> you just kind of you're you're kind of grasping for somebody to root for in the show and it's just they're all just miserable yeah and barry is is very good it's it's only a half hour so it's a little easier to digest yeah. uh and it's you, if you want, I'm not sure any series has ever made me look at somebody differently as an actor than than Barry and Bill Hader. And you know, he's yeah. kind of the creator of the show. He's the the creative mastermind behind it. Um, and he is so good in it. It is it's dark comedy, but it, it is still funny. It's so well done. Um, I, I as well highly recommend that. And, and Henry Winkler is just so good in that. He's <laughs> he's fun. That, that's great. And if if you are a fan of Son, Sons of Anarchy which I am. Uh, Mayans is a great... Uh, okay. Uh, I don't know if you call it... It's not a sequel. What is it? A spin-off. Like a spin-off, yeah. Yeah, I like Mayans a lot as well. If you're a fan of Sons of, Anar Sons of Anarchy, you'll like Mayans as well. Last thing here, Rob, before we uh, get out of here, did want to just touch on a quick basketball note. Uh, John Rothstein has been tweeting today, uh, and I haven't seen if anything is, has happened in the last hour or so, but uh, tweeting about you know possible bubble scenarios for college basketball, and that's something that you and I have talked about for several weeks here, uh, and, and we think has some real legs to it as, as an option, uh, and there, there are a lot of ways it could go, but uh, an interesting kind of nugget he had today is that uh, they're looking at doing some of these um, non conference challenges or tournaments, however you want to call these, uh, in a bubble. And, and the, the ones he has kind of focused is the Champions Classic, which kind of kicks off college basketball each year or has for the last several years with uh, Duke, Michigan State, Kansas, uh, Kentucky, all playing each other in, in some sort of, uh, I'm not sure who plays who this year. I think you said Duke and Michigan State are, are slated to play each other. Um, and then the, the Jimmy V Classic, the Big Ten ACC Challenge, which is obviously uh, big for us, and then the Big 12 SEC Challenge. He does have matchups for those other things, but nothing yet for the Big Ten ACC Challenge. And you and I talked a little bit before we started recording where with Iowa's uh, potential this this season and, and where the where we expect them to be ranked and kind of the hype surrounding them uh, matching up with an ACC team you think they're going to want ESPN or whoever's going to air this is going to want a, a big matchup for that and uh, with Duke playing Michigan State in that Champions Classic maybe that lines up for a nice uh, Iowa Duke matchup uh, in this Big Ten ACC challenge in, in a bubble in Orlando or, or wherever. Yeah, and you can have Michigan State then play North Carolina or Illinois play North Carolina. The one thing yeah. that would worry me, Andrew, is that with the Chicago market in Illinois, they'd, they'd match Illinois up with Duke. Yeah. Um, but I'd be okay with the Hawks getting North Carolina. For sure. Um, that would be fine as well. And um, But it would be, I mean, as you said, you've got you know one of the marquee players, if not the marquee player in the country, uh, you know, to, to put on that uh, the the marquee, so to speak, to say you know, this is our this is our main event, and uh, yeah, Iowa would be in there. I'd love to see Iowa and Duke, and I'd like to see a better outcome than the one I watched at the United Center. 
back in shoot when was that 2002 yeah maybe? that sounds about right with Wrecker and those guys yeah. Wrecker and Evans team maybe they just got dismantled Oh, just give us college basketball, please. Like, I get, <laughs> I'm really feeling good about. Are I you feeling too. good? I feel good about. College I do. Basketball. I do too. I, I think it's going to happen. And and I've I've given up the the thought of it being a normal season. And I you know, I don't know what the non conference is going to look like. I hope they're able to work out some of these things where where you bubble some teams up. Uh, you know, I, I I would I think even you know something like a a big four classic type thing here in Iowa where if you can get Iowa, Iowa state Drake and you and I, uh, you know, maybe go just out of state and, and pull in a Creighton, um, you know, South Dakota state, some, some things like that. You, you feel like yeah. if, if the, the, if the whole non-conference thing kind of blows up and, and it's left to the teams or the regions to figure this out on, on their own, uh, we're in a pretty good spot for that. Uh, and I think those would be intriguing games. I really want a, a an Iowa team, the the biggest thing I guess I guess I've gone down to the point where as long as we get a a legitimate conference season and an NCAA tournament I feel good about that I feel okay with that we've talked about Iowa's experience and and just how much they have coming back I think they're in a, a very good position for a weird season a disjointed season you know whether you play half a Big Ten schedule in December in a bubble then you have to bubble up again in February and do the other half and then wait another you know, couple weeks until uh, March Madness or a Big Ten tournament I think no matter how weird it is I was in a good position for that and uh, and and I think they're thinking ahead enough you know, I feel like it, for a lot of the stuff in this pandemic, Rob, we've just kind of been waiting for it to fix itself and then we'll get back to normal. And I feel like that's one of the problems that we've had with college football is, you know, back in March and April, we looked ahead and said, well, by the time we get there, things will be back to normal rather than like starting to actually plan for what do we do if it isn't normal and how do we mitigate these things and how do we make this work? I feel like college basketball is now to the point where they're not expecting a vaccine or some miracle to happen to to change everything they're going to find a way to play in the world that we currently live in and then if something great happens and, and everything goes back to normal awesome but um I, I feel like they're in a good position for for putting something together and as an Iowa fan I just I really just want to see this team out there as much as possible regardless of who it's against and then I really want to see them uh, have an opportunity to do what they weren't able to do earlier this year and that's prove themselves on a national stage and and go out and win a, a title yeah, they just seem, you know, with, um, you know, they they seem more organized than football and basketball, as you said. I, it just seems like there's, there, I it, it always felt like we were being told that football was planning, particularly the Big Ten with eighties meeting daily through, you know. April and May and June, they were meeting every day. And then I'm not going back there. That was the beginning of the podcast. If you want, if you want to hear that, go back to the beginning of the podcast with how much disarray we've seen with the Big Ten. But it seems like basketball has the governing body with Gavit at the head of this thing. Uh, and like you said, I think they normally play, I'm, I want to say, 32 or 33 regular season games roughly um if you could get in the 20 to 25 yeah. range you're even doing well and and i think that's doable like you said in a couple of bubbles maybe you have a non-conference bubble and then a couple of conference bubbles um you know to to uh to get teams together and, and build up that you know build up the games and uh it just it seems like it works with the timing as well, Andrew, with, you know, Iowa and, and most schools going online by Thanksgiving, uh, the, it's ripe for bubbles. You can just, the, you know, the, the players can go wherever and take their classes online just like the rest of the student body. Um, and then I don't think Iowa at the earliest would come back uh, to in-person classes after MLK Day, which is at the end of January. So that's a that's almost two months of time to be able to play games and then hopefully as we've talked about throughout this podcast there are advancements in testing maybe a vaccine whatever that we can even open things up a little bit more so yeah i feel i'm feeling really good about basketball i always was apprehensive about football just because of the nature of the sport too and the contact and you know the, you know you talk about linemen and and all the other stuff going on it just seems more uh feasible in basketball and 
and talking to Connor McCaffrey last week, I was, you know, having having had issues this summer with the virus uh, spreading on the team. They're even they're taking even more precautions now. They're masking up when they're practicing five on five. So we'll feel really good about how Iowa is going to handle this moving forward and what it's learned so far uh, in trying to manage this pandemic that it would be in good shape uh, when that season rolls around. Well, if you haven't heard that podcast with Connor McCaffrey, do check that out on the feed or at HawkeyeNation.com. Also, check out everything Rob's got going on, Dave Schwartz, uh, Rick Brown, uh, Anna Kaiser. We, we got a bunch of cool stuff happening at HawkeyeNation.com. And, uh, and you know, look for Rob's piece on, on the NFL Hawkeyes uh, coming up later today or tomorrow. And, uh, and stay tuned there. We will be back again in a week to talk about uh, whatever happens later this week. And, and know that... We will be with you this Saturday uh, when you're sitting there this in, in the afternoon and you got this weird pit in your stomach and you're not sure why you're you know irritable and you know you've you've been short with the kids all day for some reason. Um, you know we'll we'll be right there with you. You know, Rob, I, I was kicking around some ideas. I was thinking, okay, like what could I do? I was so excited to do like these instant reaction podcasts and <laughs> and to bring back my opposition research podcast where I talk to somebody who covers the other team each week. Um, and I, I did for a moment have a thought like, you know, I could do like an instant reaction, like a fake instant reaction podcast. But then I realized <laughs> that's just going to make it hurt worse. No, nobody's going to want to hear that. Uh, and so so I, I don't think I'll I, I will. I'll, I'll try to come up with ideas to to keep pushing content out. And, you know, you and I will keep talking and there's a lot going on. We found ways to do this for six months. We'll continue to do that. But uh just Hawkeye fans, brace yourself for a, a rough Saturday this this coming one because I really think this first one where the other Power Five teams are playing, and as you said earlier, with Iowa State playing, uh, it's it's going to hurt a little bit this this weekend. Yep, and if anybody's really without something to do, they can come over and do my yard work. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> Rob. Thank you, man. We'll talk to you later. Sounds good, Andrew. It was right, fun. Thank you for listening. Go Hawks. <laughs>